0: it's time for jt the brick i love my job i love the opportunity that i can come in here and talk to the raider nation talk to jt as we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the nfl who will be the raiders quarterback This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20-plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. J.T. the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who, who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness? Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now, sound off like you got a pair. Here's JT the. Brick. All right, JT, back with you. It's hour number two of the broadcast, Lotus Broadcasting, Raider Nation Radio on the Raiders mobile app. And breaking news today, Derek Carr is officially a New Orleans Saints. He tweeted it out. The Saints have confirmed it all. He'll get a four-year deal there. We'll dive into the numbers a little bit because people are going to look at the numbers there and what the Raiders could have given him or what the Raiders didn't want to give him compared to what he got there. And that's all water under the bridge. We wish Derek well. He has moved on. New Orleans seems like the ideal fit. I thought it would come down to New Orleans and Carolina, and it didn't look like Carolina was in it at all. Carolina was not involved at all, and it was clearly New Orleans who gets it done, and they got a pretty good defense. If they don't win this year, I can promise you. Promise you Dennis Allen's fired. They don't make the playoffs. They are not coming, coming back after giving Derek Carr this type of deal and missing the playoffs in a division that doesn't have other quarterbacks. So it's kind of win or bust here. And Derek could be in the same scenario. He was here in Oakland and Las Vegas where he has to win. And he has to win a playoff game the way this deal is structured. But he's got some guaranteed money, and it's significant. And I wish his family well. Brandon Cristal from KOA in Denver. Kind enough to join us, my good friend, as he was at the Combine. Uh, Before we get into some of the younger quarterbacks that you saw there, BK, what do you think of the news of Carr to New Orleans? Did you expect this?
1: Well, I thought that we would get a little bit, uh, I guess, drawn-out process related to Aaron Rodgers, right? Because the Jets seem to, to really put it out there that they, they wanted Derek Carr as well, or that they would be happy with Derek Carr. But I'm guessing he looked at it as, I want somebody who just wants me, not wants me if they don't get Aaron Rodgers. Not acknowledging that Aaron Rodgers isn't better than him. I know Derek has plenty of confidence, but I think he'll agree that Aaron has certainly, in his career, been consistently better. But just if there's a team that wants to put an offer out there, he's going to go there. That means they want him, and obviously the relationship with DA who was the coach of the Raiders when they drafted him and and I guess still maintaining that and the fact that Derek got on a plane, went to Indy last week and met with these teams, I'm guessing when he and DA sat in there in the room with the offensive coaches of the Saints and Mickey Loomis, they thought that it would be the right fit. I think the number isn't crazy, right? It's essentially a two year deal with with two options. It's a good Mm -hmm. number, but I don't know if it's a good number from Daniel Jones. Because if if I'm paying Derek Carr thirty seven and a half and I'm the Giants, I don't want to pay him more than what Derek Carr's getting, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, at, Derek Carr's gone to four Pro Bowls. He's have had one kind of good year, Daniel Jones. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And now what do the, the Raiders do? But a guy that I think in a lot of ways was really good for that franchise, and, and you can certainly speak to that. And I know you have, mm-hmm. you know, for his entire career there in, in both Oakland and Vegas. Now a new chapter begins for Derek Carr, and, and it becomes really fascinating to see what the next chapter is for quarterbacks in Vegas.
0: Brandon Cristal joins us. So from your perspective, because you do a lot of national media work, on top of your responsibilities in Denver on the flagship of the Broncos, what was your vibe on the Raiders when you saw the quarterbacks that were there, especially Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, and a lot of buzz on C.J. Stroud, who had close to a perfect performance, even though he was in shorts throwing those routes there. Analyze the quarterbacks from your perspective.
1: Well, the consensus, even though there's not a true consensus, but the expectation is Bryce is going to go number one and that Houston, just to ensure that, especially if the Colts decide they like him, will have to trade up that one spot and and give whatever extra picks they'll have to give Chicago to flip-flop with them, which gives the Colts and Shane Steichen a lot of options. And whether they get C.J. Stroud or certainly if they decide to fall in love with Anthony Richardson at three, they can run a lot of the stuff Steichen ran with Jalen Hurts and probably have some of the same success because we know that there are some really nice pieces on both sides of the ball with the Colts. And then, what do the Seahawks do at five? Are the Raiders going to have to move up if there's somebody they really love? If the, the sense I get, if Joshua McDaniels, that was a long time ago, didn't love Jay Cutler, I don't know if he lo- he's going to love Will Levis because there's a lot of Jay Cutler mm. in Will Levis in terms of his personality. Certainly, the big arm, and and I think that's probably where he got in trouble a little bit at Kentucky was trying to throw through people, right? Or when he missed somebody, that it was their fault, not his fault. We'll see how he defends some of that. But there were some wide open throws at times that he just didn't connect on. And so we'll love we'll let us while the upside is there, he'd be the one I'd be most nervous about. Although Anthony Richardson, there's certainly question marks there as well. And then you have to ask yourself, if you're the Raiders, if you and they'll have this decided but whether they find Jimmy Garoppolo, again, not the most inspiring, moving on from Bear Carter or Jimmy Garoppolo, but if they have another veteran in the fold, whoever that is, do they like Hendon Hooker as well? Because I think more teams are going to get interested in Hendon Hooker in the second round the Raiders certainly won't do that at seven but to say this is the kid that we want to develop and in the meantime we're going to win games with this veteran but i, I like the buzz around Hendon hooker as much as around any of these quarterbacks even though he says he's going to be ready to go we know that it's not going to be where you need it to be in august nonetheless long term he his upside is is as intriguing to me as, as some of those other guys
0: brandon cristal is our guest koa in denver one more on anthony richardson as you were there for a lot of scrums and getting sound and on top of the work you were doing there, I thought he'd have a good combine. Everybody's supposed to have a good combine. (laughs) You're supposed to have a good combine. Your pro day is more interesting because a pro day could be in the rain. It could be in the light snow. It could be moved from outdoors to indoors. We know, we all know that when in a pro day, a guy like Bryce Young's going to be throwing at his receivers with his coaches there. It's a little bit more of a comfortable fit with Anthony Richardson, I just think from what I saw visually, it was much more spectacular than I thought the upside was. Was that fair that he also blew away expectations? I wasn't there up close like you, but when you looked at him and you walked by him and you saw him, what was the difference? Who's the comparable to?
1: DK Metcalf.
0: (laughs) Right. right,
1: That's that's how how crazy it is. Physically, you're like, wait, is that DK Metcalf? Oh, no, that's the quarterback. Oh, let's watch him jump. Oh, well, he's the, yes, the best vertical jump we've ever seen. Let's watch him run. He's not the fastest quarterback. That's still going to be Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick with Kyler Murray probably in third. But he's definitely fast, and he, but at that size. And then you see the throws, and you think with the right coaching, if assuming he loves football the way you, every team wants their quarterback to love football and wants to, to work and, and be great, that you talk about clay you can mold. That's got to get every offensive coach including a Josh McDaniels, every offensive coach excited about what he can be when you see those physical tools. I think that's the reason that the Niners, after moving up a couple of years ago to the number three spot, ultimately took Trey Lance over, guys like Matt Jones, mm-hmm. even Justin Fields, because they saw what Trey Lance could be, right? If, if you maxed out, if you came close to hitting that ceiling. And there were some scouts last week telling me and personnel people that they don't think Anthony Richardson has a ceiling, <laughs> which is obviously a crazy thing to say because I think you say that about Patrick Mahomes. We might hear that a little bit about Caleb Williams next year. You might have heard it about an Andrew Luck. But to hear that from a kid who was so up and down, obviously he had a couple 400-yard games, that's not an accident. But then in some of the bigger games, he didn't have as, as big a day as you'd like with some of the pieces that, you know, they still have pros there at Florida. It's like it's just a bunch of bums there. He's not playing at North Dakota State or whatever it is. But he's he's really intriguing. I think he'll go inside the top ten, I think, seven or nine is the lowest he'll go. But I won't be blown away if he leap rugs CJ Stroud and Will Levison as a consensus number two. If he and you know how all it takes is one. Maybe there's a team that loves him so much he ends up going number one or even number two based on just how the draft falls.
0: Brandon Cristal, KOA in Denver as we wrap it up. So it doesn't take you very long to make connections with your, your job. You hustle as much as anybody I've seen. Tell me about Sean Payton, what you could tell us about the relationship he has with Russell Wilson. How stern will it be? How big will it be? I mean, will this be a blow-up story in the media every week in a good way? Will they'll both have media availability, It'll be a love fest? What are you sensing early on as Sean Payton has taken over this franchise in Denver? I'm sensing
1: early on that Sean Payton is hopeful that it works with Russell Wilson. But isn't going to pull his hair out through his visor if it doesn't work, and he has to move on to whomever the mm. next quarterback is, whether that's somebody in this draft, whether that's a Hendon Hooker. If you were to drop to where the Broncos could get their hands on him, now they don't even have a second round pick; they have a couple threes as it stands now. Uh, and that's just you know a name I'm throwing out there, but I, I do know that the Broncos like Hendon Hooker, and so I think that Sean Payton wanted to work with Russ. But I asked him, you know, he was at dinner with Russ and. Joe Montana at the Super Bowl, and so I asked him that next day, hey, how how much do you have to harness Russ's enthusiasm? Because Here he's wearing out Drew Brees, making sure he knows as much as he can about Sean and the offense and all that, and he said, we didn't even get to talk that much football, which might have not been to Russ's liking, but Joe Montana was at the table with us. He's like, and I just wanted to ask Joe Montana as many questions as possible, but there's a time for it to all happen, and that's why we have OTAs and spring workouts and into training camp. So there's a patience that Sean Payton has when you have that resume and you have the confidence he has and the success that he had, that it'll work regardless of who he has. And I know that Russell Wilson's obviously had a Hall of Fame resume up until last year, but I don't think that Sean Payton is as enthusiastic as clearly Nathaniel Hackett was <laughs> about having Russell Wilson in the building. I think he's hopeful it can work and that Russell will be coachable. But you also hear talking to people that are close to him in Seattle, one of Pete Carroll's greatest strengths and and the other offensive coaches were kind of coddling Russ, if you will, not being as harsh as Sean might be or that a Bill Belichick or certainly their mentor Bill Parcells can be with all players, but certainly quarterbacks, right? Chris Sims likes to joke that his dad is still scared of Bill Parcells and (laughs) Phil's in his 60s or whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that that they're hopeful it works. It will be a story because if it works, it'll be like, see, we told you Russ could play and all it took was, Sean Payton to fix him, or it'll be like, man, Sean Payton can't even fix him, and what does that say about what Russ did? And, and man, how crazy it is that Sean can't get this figured out and that Russ just won't be able to do the things he once did.
0: Brandon Cristal, last one. Where do you think Jimmy Garoppolo ends up? Tampa?
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing a few at the Carolina. Oh, somewhere in the NFC South, I guess. <laughs> Atlanta, perhaps. I just can't see the Raiders, even – it seems like an easy connect the dots, right, Josh to Jimmy G? But there's no way that he thought that he thinks Jimmy G is an upgrade over Derek Carr and he's going to cost about the same as Derek was going to cost them. So for them to just do that, maybe if it's a three-year deal, similar to the one Teddy Bridgewater got a couple of years ago, but then you're going to get that cheaper. And Carolina, who apparently wasn't really in on Derek Carr, still has to do something unless they're going all in with a rookie or like one of the guys that they've had. So, yeah, uh, I guess somewhere in the NFC South, but it won't blow my mind. that I suppose if he
0: ends up there in Vegas. Good time there. Did you? Love, was it better than normal? You know, I did. I missed it this year, but it's you know, Indy. I'm I'm trying to get everything to Vegas, and I know you won't sure. hate that. Sure. I'm trying to get at the combine of Vegas, <laughs> and you know, the Final Four to Vegas, and all that. You know, I love Vegas, but I, everybody says it's great. And I only went to the combine once in my career, and everybody keeps coming out of there saying it gets better and better every year. How'd you see it?
1: It. it, it I, that's exactly how I saw it. Because everything is in downtown Indy, and all the hotels are kind of connected, and you have personnel, people, and GMs and coaches walking from where they're staying through the convention center, snaking their way through. They have to. They have to walk by a few autograph seekers. That just goes with the territory. That would happen in any city anyway. Mm-hmm. But you get to. Kind of just walk and talk with NFL GMs and coaches that you otherwise would only see at a game for two minutes and say hi. You can spend 10, 15 minutes walking with them. Then you're maybe going to run into them out and about at St. Elmo's Steakhouse or even later in the night. And that's allowed me to cultivate relationships I never would have thought of. Also, as you know, a quality control coach can be a couple years away from being an OC, which can put them a year away from being a head coach. Absolutely. That you know, Sean McVay is a 26-year-old offensive coach goes from coaching tight ends to head coach at 30 pretty quickly and so if you were peter schrager who became friends with sean mcbett then you end up hosting a podcast with him so yeah. i think that that that's the beauty of Indy. and if it moves to uh, some cities vegas not so much of it you know people can hide in vegas if they want if it's in dallas if it's in la mm-hmm. it's not gonna work if it's in new orleans if it's in nashville you might still have so- something similar now you need the indoor facility i think for the workouts but mm-hmm. i hope it never leaves Indy. i think it will upper rear we're on a panel with peter king on friday at a great brewery in Indy there called Sun King. And Albert Breer said he thinks it would have been in Dallas this year and next Dallas had scheduling conflicts, but that it'll be in Dallas and then it might be in L.A. and maybe they'll get back to Indy. And it's going to be mm-hmm. a shame when it leaves Indy because it'll lose a lot of its charm and a lot of its convenience.
0: Good to talk to you. Thanks for making time for me. You have a busy schedule. Uh, talk to you soon, my friend. Be good.
1: Okay, of course, J.P. I appreciate it, buddy. Talk you
0: to got you. it. Brandon Christel, one of the best grinders in the business. And he's in Denver with the Broncos, and he's a friend of mine, and I count on him, and that's AFC West knowledge that we have. We have friends throughout the AFC West, throughout all of football doing this this long. And I wanted to ask him about not only Derek Carr, but what he thought about some of these other quarterbacks. He doesn't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good fit for the Raiders. I think it is a decent fit. For me, the positive, because the Raider fans have not been very positive as of late. And I am one of the guys at the door where the Raider fans come through. And they haven't been positive. So I'd like this experience to work. I don't care if it's positive or not. If it's ugly and no one likes it and it works out and the Raiders find their future Super Bowl quarterback, I could care less if a couple of Raider fans are inconvenienced for another year. But I'd like the thing to be, I'd like it to work and I'd like Raider fans to like the deal. And I don't know what you like unless you tell me. And I didn't ask you for this a week or two ago. Nor am I asking yet hard today, but I will be. We're coming into the real dead zone now where if we're going to get the Raiders on this show, and we're going to talk Raiders. This guy has some meat on the bone. And I think it will because tomorrow is the franchise tag. So I think Josh Jacobs will be franchise tag. And when people tweet me on Josh Jacobs, I say the same thing. I don't get involved with his money. I'd like him to get paid. But I thought the Raiders did the smart deal by not giving him a contract before the start of the year. Because I didn't think he deserved a long-term contract after what, you know, he played well, but he wasn't one of those guys you were going to give a brand new deal to. And these were new guys. Dave Ziegler and Josh didn't work with them. So they had to put him through some type of test and scrutiny and he passed with flying colors. Now, if you got to overpay for him or franchise tag him, you do it. But I didn't talk. I don't remember talking to any Raider fans who were calling me when we were in doing shows from, uh, well, we were we in Canton. When he was playing in the preseason, saying, oh, my God, pay him now. Pay him now, JT. I, don't, I didn't take one phone call. Now it's time to pay him. So we'll see if he gets paid. Either way, he's getting the franchise tag or a new contract. We'll know tomorrow. Chris and West Oakland, thanks for coming back. Chris, go ahead.
2: Hey, JT. Yeah, real quick. Like I said, I told you a few weeks ago also. I'm not going to talk anymore about Derek Carr. Time to turn the page. I, I think the guy... You know, he was a model raider as far as what he represented. He wanted to be here, and I wish him nothing but the best. I, I will, con- you know, it's a topic today. Uh, congratulations. I think he worked the market well. It doesn't surprise me in the least. I figured he'd sign sometimes between now and next Wednesday when free agency started simply because that was a brilliant move by his agent or him to make him an unrestricted free agent and basically have an entire month ahead of the rest of the market. I think it's a good fit. He goes to a, a division that doesn't, have a, doesn't even have a starting quarterback. I mean, th- there's no quarterbacks besides Derek Carr in that division right now that's ever been a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I'm going to disagree with one thing you said at your opening mm-hmm. monologue about he, a lot of his, what happened in, and with the Raiders wasn't his fault. You said he never had a great defense. I'm going to take it a step further, JT. Derek Carr never even had a good defense. 20th was the highest they ever finished. That was the year they had Khalil Mack as defensive player of the year. That's the best, and I don't consider 20th even good. Middle of the road to below average at best. So now he's going to have everything he's, he's wanted. He's going to have a top-ten defense. He's got some weapons around him. He gets to play indoors in a weak division. So it's on Derek Carr now. I think he's up to the challenge. But, again, I wish him nothing but the best. No ill will towards him whatsoever. But let's talk about the Raiders now, what they're going to do with, it, with the position. And, and to hit on Josh Jacobs real quick, look, mm-hmm. I was one of the guys last year that didn't think he deserved to be paid, and I was also one of the guys that said, look, he proved he could stay healthy in his contract year. I don't know that I'd give any running back in the NFL a long-term contract for two reasons. One, running backs don't last. And when they lose it, they lose it overnight. Number two, running backs don't carry teams to championships anymore. Last year, the top, I think about seven of the top eight running backs in the league for yardage didn't make the playoffs. It's not that important of a position. You can find guys that can run the ball, but the real meat on the bones is you've got to find a quarterback that can carry you there. And what are the Raiders going to do in the draft? I don't want to hear about Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't want to hear about Jared Stidham. Maybe you have to go with one of those guys, but it's not an upgrade. And I'm tired of hearing about guys that know the system. I don't want a guy that knows the system. I want a guy that's got elite talent. That's what win games, not quarterbacks that fit into the system. So when it comes to the draft, the guy I like the most is, is Will, uh, Will Levis. The guy reminds me a little bit of Herbert. You know, big, tall guy, throws the ball from the pocket. Same thing with Stroud. The guy I don't want is Anthony Richardson. I don't like quarterbacks, JT, that you talk about what a monster athlete is, but his biggest question mark is the most important part of the position. Running quarterbacks overall. We had Terrell Pryor, one of the biggest physical freaks that's ever played the quarterback position, couldn't throw the ball. I'm not lumping Richardson in there, but if I've got a choice of a quarterback that's got, that's an elite arm talent over one that you have to work with, Give me the arm talent every single day. You look at your quarterbacks that win Super Bowls, JT, they're all elite passers. You're running quarterbacks going back to Vince Young, Tim Tebow, um, uh, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick. They usually have one monster year, JT, then they never approach it again. I want a quarterback that, first and foremost, is an accurate passer. You can figure out all the other stuff later, but I don't care about the athletic attributes if you ruin it all by not being an elite passer. That being said, I don't know what the Raiders are going to do, but the last time Josh McDaniels had to draft a quarterback, he took Tim Tebow in the first round. So I'm skeptical. Anyway, thanks for letting me get on here and rant, my friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, and congratulations to Max Crosby and Darren Waller on their marriage and their sobriety because, let's be honest, these guys seem to be two good dudes, regardless of what goes on on the football field. Their mm-hmm. sobriety and the way they are as human beings is a hell of a lot more than what they bring to the gridiron. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Yeah, thank you, Chris. Always a great phone call. And, look, Anthony Richards, Anthony Richardson has the ability to be super elite at the level of Mahomes Or Lamar Jackson with the skill set. But he's not a great pocket passer. Isn't that why you have Josh McDaniels to develop that? Now, if you don't think you can develop that, why? It was developed for Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson won a Heisman. Anthony Richardson couldn't sniff that. But there's been other quarterbacks that you could develop into better pocket passers with technique and workouts and throws and all that, but you can't teach the size and strength and the running ability of Anthony Richardson, which I like a lot because with nine years with Derek, with limited running at all, not a lot of running at all at any level, that was tough. And Anthony Richardson, if he can stay in the pocket and become a pocket quarterback, or Will Levis, but Richardson can run. I like quarterbacks who can run for 35 or 40 yards. You know what I mean? I like guys that can run for 35 or or 40 yards, not five. Like we were lucky to get five yards out of Derek. If he can run for five yards on a third and four, we're going crazy. Oh my God, you heard me do this all the time. I was going crazy. I wanted everything to be good, but he didn't run much. And this is where I want a running quarterback who, if he runs better than he throws, I can handle that. Cause I think you can develop the arm and the passing game. I don't think you can develop the running at the level of Mahomes, Lamar Jackson and Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and Caleb Williams next year. That is tremendous. You know, I love this time of year. Winter turns to spring. Pool season officially starts on the strip. And we all indulge ourselves in the bracket madness of March Madness. Whether you're the type that picks based on your team needs, uniform colors or an every- Meany, meany, miny, mode type of person. You know, you go any, meany, miny, mode, You just pick someone because you want to be involved. Whatever you do, just make the pick because it comes with your cognac selection. Don't be that person who doesn't have a selection. Step up and select the number one cognac in the bracket, Remy Martin. Remy Martin, team up for excellence, our proud partner here is. We got a lot going on with them. Not only this year, but as I told you, the greatest year in the history of Las Vegas sports right now. 2023 because f1 countdown to the super bowl we get a regional and i like the knights man i like the golden knights coming out of the west i better like the golden knights coming out of the west or in first in the west i'm not picking them to come in third in the west i'm picking them to win the west and get to the stanley cup final and if i'm wrong hey it won't be the last time i'm wrong let's go vgk 888-623-3646 also more of your phone calls coming up and we're waiting on a Saints guest, because that was the big thing Bobby was working on today, because Derek Carr won official, and we're going to give Derek one day, one day here, because it's the national story of the day, and then we are moving on. Mike Triplett will join us. He covers the Saints from New Orleans on this deal, and then the focus is completely on what the Raiders do at quarterback in the coming month or coming months.
3: It's a lot of different skill sets, um, you know, and um, you know, it's, and I think there's some depth to it too. Um, I've looked at a number of them so far. I'm going to continue to do that with Dave, uh, in our group. Um, but I think there's depth to the class. I think there's some people that are, uh, you know, more pocket passers. I think there's some guys that can really do some things with their legs uh extend plays you could probably use that as part of your offensive weaponry um but they're they're all a little different they really are and so um that's a good thing you know because you know you can you can kind of see how they may fit into your system and then you might tweak your system to fit some things that you hadn't had in it before so um you know, excited. I'm going to get an opportunity tonight. It'll be my first opportunity to sit face-to-face with a number of them um, in our interview process, and uh, we're excited to get that process started.
0: All right, so that was early on at the Combine, and this new sound and more opinions at Raiders.com on Josh McDaniels, who met with everybody. So the Raiders have met with all the quarterbacks, and they've seen the workouts. They have the numbers. They had the tape before they got to Indy. They have it now, and plus they sat down with all of them and got to know them extensively, from what I heard. So they'll go make a decision now. They got to go make a decision now: either free agency for the quarterback, free agency and a quarterback in the draft, which is called the bridge now. We've never had that term. Now it's the most popular term: the bridge quarterback, or they just don't go to draft the quarterback. And you know, a lot of people aren't looking at that where they take the best available defensive player at number seven which is a massive priority and then they just don't take a quarterback they get someone like Aaron Rodgers and keep Jared Stidham they get someone like Jimmy Garoppolo keep Stidham they go down that road I don't know what they're going to do I don't have a clue I have an opinion on what I'd like to see him do and I'd like to go big and other people think going big is too reckless because it's going to cost too much money I've been here a long time with the Raiders a long time in Vegas I like to go big especially with the team that's been in a playoff drought or hasn't won a playoff game this long. If you want to be patient and wait another three or four years, I hope I get the opportunity to wait with you. I'd rather go big, and there's some big names out there, and I'll play up the big names until they all go away. Uh, John Morant and the Grizzlies, we'll get to that. What a mess here that John Morant was flashing a gun on Instagram Live at a nightclub. Uh, He's taken a step back. He is now out of the NBA All he's doing is looking to get some help, he claims. Not getting help. This is not a guy who has a disease. He's not getting help because he's having a personal issue in his life. He's just an idiot who wanted to act like a thug in a a nightclub. And someone, I would assume, I'm not just, I'm assuming here someone else had a gun. I don't think John Morant, an NBA superstar, went to a nightclub with a gun. But someone got a gun in that nightclub. And someone gave it to him. And he said, hey, can I hold your gun? Can I look at it? What happens if the gun went off and killed someone? What happens if the gun killed him? That's what guns do. They kill people when people are drunk, reckless, under the influence. Right? You saw the video of this? Completely nightmare scenario for him with endorsements. If you think John Morant's going to get an endorsement deal with McDonald's, Burger King, Nike, Gatorade, Buick, whatever the company is out there, they're all walking away from John Morant because he wanted to act like a punk thug. We had one of those guys here in Damon Arnett. We thought he was vetted properly, and the Raiders reached on him. And why'd they reach on him? Because they didn't have a second-round pick for cornerback, because they didn't have the pick. So they, they reached on Damon Arnett, and he turned out to be a thug, a bad guy. Not a good guy. There's been a lot of good Raiders here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. There's been a lot of good Raiders here who weren't very good. And they didn't make the team, Well, they, they were a bust, or they didn't play well. Damon Arnett was a bad guy, period. Okay? He was a bad guy. And he acted like an idiot all the time. And John Morant looks like Damon Arnett today. And, and ask anybody how Damon Arnett's doing today in the NFL. You got to act your age, and you can't hang around with bad people. That's the moral of the story. I got two sons, 21 and 19. I care who they hang out with. I vet them all. I don't know them all, but if they're coming to my house, they're coming in my house, I'm going to know that kid. And if I don't like that kid, I'm going to be concerned about that kid and I'm going to tell my sons. And John Morant's best friend is his dad who sits courtside on the court at NBA games. This is a big problem with the league. Fortunately, a lot of other guys aren't doing this, but this is one of the best guys out there. Brian in Maine on Raider Nation Radio. What's happening, Brian?
4: They, um other than freezing my rear end off up here, I'm doing pretty good. But um, in terms of this quarterback situation with the Raiders for a month now, I've read countless number of articles, listened to your show, talked to other Raider fans, um, saw opinions on message boards. To me, it comes down to two questions. Um, Hey, you've made the decision to move on from Derek Hart. What are you going to do to upgrade that position? And, with what's at stake next year, next season, with the Super Bowl coming to Las Vegas, to mm-hmm. me, it's pretty simple. What what can you get at that position that's going to let us get to the Super Bowl, not two years from now, not three years from now, next year? Mm-hmm. Do you realize how embarrassing it would be to see Kansas City come into our stadium and, and play in the Super Bowl next year? Mm-hmm. I, I know Mark Davis doesn't want that to happen. Um and also what's at stake as well is I know you're there at every, every home game. Mm-hmm. You saw how many opposing team fans yep. were there for the Niner game as well as the Chief game. I was watching it from my uh, living room, and they were showing shots of Mark Davis and Charles Woodson sitting up in Mark Davis's box watching the game, and they did not look happy mm-hmm. at all to see all those fans of, other te- of the other teams that were playing sure. us coming in and taking over our stadium. If they don't get this quarterback selection right, we start off slow, you're going to see a season full of the other team's fans next year. And I know Mark doesn't want that to happen.
0: No. So who's
4: out there that's going to be an upgrade over Carr?
0: Oh, it's if you've been 29. listening, yeah, appreciate it's- the call. Appreciate the call. If you've been listening to me, it sounds like you have. I've been telling you, going through everyone: Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Garoppolo's a slight, a slight better quarterback. The numbers don't lie. Than Derek Carr. Derek's had bigger statistical games at time than Jimmy G, but doesn't win at that level. And then the younger quarterbacks are going to take time. So I would agree with you when it comes to fans buying tickets here. I was just with fifteen of my fraternity brothers who are all in my same age bracket that I see once a year. These are guys who live in D.C., Buffalo, Florida. I went back for a golf tournament. We played golf Thursday through Sunday. And every one of them asked me about the Raiders, every single one. And every single one of them wants to come to a game, even if their team isn't here and sit in my seats. And literally asked me, man, is there any chance I can come to a Raider game next year? And I'm like, well, the Bills aren't playing in Vegas. It doesn't matter. I'll come. People want to come here. They want to go to Legion Stadium. I can't control who they let in the door. You can control by not selling your tickets. All those tickets are sold. All those tickets have been sold. Season ticket holders have them all, the suites. There's new suites being sold. There's always going to be an issue with opposing fans there, always. It's never going to be 90%, 95%. I, along with Mark Davis, wish it was 95%. Everybody wants in that building, and you can't hold them all back. They're going to buy your tickets if you sell them. So I just have tried, I, I think I've done a hell of a job more than anybody I know trying to stop this on the radio doing my part, which is a small part. I've tried, but look, if you're going to do what you're going to do. And if the Raiders aren't playing well, more Raider fans are going to sell their tickets. So that's what I'm trying to figure out here. I want it to go big too. The Super Bowl is here this year, but you have two guys here in Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler who want to do it right. They want to do it correctly. They want to get it done the right way. They're not panicking like some Raider fans are. You want them to panic. You want Dave Ziggler to say it's Super Bowl or bust. He didn't get hired to do that. He came here to build a consistent team that can go to multiple Super Bowls if they get it right. And that's what this draft is all about in free agency, and it's just beginning. Mr. Black in Hawaii, you're up next. Thanks for waiting.
5: Hey, aloha, JT. Um I, I, who knows about the quarterback, <laughs> it's, it's so up in the air, and there's a lot of choices, uh, I do like Richardson, but, uh, I'd like to see the Raiders spend the most of their money for defense, I mean, mm-hmm. it's been nine-plus years, and we've never had a very good defense, uh, yeah. we've had good players on defense, right. and, uh, right up to, as we see, Max, uh, Mm-hmm. Mad Max, but uh, defense, 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 in my opinion. I know an offensive line could use a little help, but mm-hmm. uh, as far as a quarterback, I think whoever they might have in, in mind, uh, they can work with. And if mm-hmm. it's a running quarterback, I think a running quarterback like Richardson okay. I think is fantastic. I think a running quarterback can be taught to uh, stay in the pocket more but a pocket quarterback cannot be taught to run because that's just a uh,
6: mm-hmm. that's just
5: a thing in their head. They know when to run, da 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 da. But uh, I just want to see uh, all all these years that have gone by. We need to get a, uh, start uh, getting a good defense together. You know, because mm-hmm. if you have a good defense, look at all the times Derek had to come back. All these comeback wins, you know, at the, mm-hmm. at the end of the game, comeback wins because. Our defense let the other team score just as it. much as we scored.
0: Mm-hmm. You're right about so, that. Got to run. I got a guest on hold. You're right about that. I would love the world to be perfect. I'd love the perfect young upside superstar quarterback, and I'd love a rebuild defense. Not going to happen. You're not going to rebuild your entire defense and get the best quarterback in the draft and do all that. You're just not. It's too, it's too hard to do. I'd just get a couple of big pieces and and, and hope that's the beginning of something great. Mike Triplett, kind enough to join us, covers the Saints and does a really good job on his site here at Orleans.football, and he's kind enough to join us on Raider Nation Radio. Mike, thanks for a few minutes. And now that this deal came, I thought it came together pretty quickly, Mike, when I reached out to you this morning. Tell us what you can about how it came down today.
6: Yeah, thanks for having me. Look, I, I think we all knew that a trade seemed incredibly unlikely because why? Why? why cut the Raiders in on the deal? When, uh, when Carr could just say no and then become a free agent a week later and, and then sign with any team he wants as a free agent, which is which is ultimately what happened. But I do think the fact that the Saints pursued him so early and brought him in for a visit and were willing to trade a draft pick for him and showed that aggressive interest in him, I think that carried over the whole way. I mean, from the very beginning, they were the team that wanted him most. They're the team that showed him the most love, uh, um, you know, that convinced him this was the right place for him. And, and, and I I really think that that was a factor. Obviously, money and fit um, all factor into it. But if nothing else, it was a big tiebreaker for the Saints. He didn't just keep waiting around to see if the Jets missed out on Aaron Rodgers and wanted to show him more interest then. He, he went to the team that, that had a clear vision for him. And, you know, the Saints didn't really have a plan B, Um they they don't pick until twenty ninth because they had traded a previous draft pick, whereas a team like Carolina might trade up. Uh the Saints wanna win the division this year. They don't want to rebuild uh and and now they get, you know, a top half of the league quarterback who who can help them take that step. That was their biggest missing piece last year.
0: How come the Saints are always in cap hell? Every year at this time. <laughs> the Saints need to get under the cap. They gotta restructure deals. So, is this a cap friendly deal? As it looks like Ian Rappaport's reporting here that it's going to make it work there with the guaranteed money he's going to get up. And then Derek seems to be flexible in New Orleans with what he wants to do with this contract going forward.
6: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're always in cap hell because they never stop. Uh, um, you know, and for a while that made sense when they had Drew Brees and they always thought they could win. And then the next thing that happened was the 2017 draft class. They had one of the best draft classes in NFL history with Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchek both in the first round, they both got $20 million extensions. And then Alvin Kamara later in that um, draft class and, uh, um, you know, Marcus Williams and Trey Hendrickson, a couple of them they eventually had to let go. They had Michael Thomas the year before that got a $20 million extension. So they sort of rebuilt this roster and that, that part of the roster could contend with guys like Cam Jordan who were holdovers and stuff. So I think maybe at one point they thought they'd rebuild after Drew Brees retired, but they are not ready to rebuild now either. So they, they just keep spending that cap to the max and figuring, you know, we can do this inevitably. We can just push it, push it, push it. And maybe a year will come where, where they really do. The bottom really does drop out or where they draft a rookie quarterback who doesn't cost much, costs much against the cap. But I mean, if you look at it, they really faced two decisions this year. And one was, sort of just give up and go into rebuilding mode, or the other one was win this NFC South that's wide open for the taking if if they get the right quarterback. And that's clearly the path they chose.
0: Mike Triplett is our guest. So, Mike, let's move on And talk about what this does for the market going forward. I mean, uh, you study New Orleans and you know Daniel Jones, the Raiders are in the quarterback market. The Jet fans are now freaking out because, again, Mm -hmm. I thought the Jets did everything right to get Derek Carr. The Jets obviously knew that New Orleans – had the inside track. I also thought Carolina would have been a great fit for Derek. Now that New Orleans has closed the door on this, it kind of changes everything to Aaron Rodgers. And as you know, being in New Orleans, Aaron Rodgers was never going to be a saint. So now the quarterback carousel has one less chair on the deck.
6: Yeah, the only interesting thing to me is, you know, I think Derek Carr was always the Jets' plan B, uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers was their plan A. But does this mean... They now think they have Aaron Rodgers, or they're going to increase their efforts for Aaron Rodgers, um, or does this just mean that Derek Carr wasn't going to keep waiting around and be their backup option and, and let them have him, have him waiting as the backup option for indefinitely? Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know if this means Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to the Jets, but, but clearly the Jets never made the all-in push that they might have if they knew for a fact that they were going to miss out on Aaron Rodgers. So that's kind of interesting. I think Carolina's probably plan A is trade-up in the draft. Um, We actually saw them go sort of into rebuild mode last year. They fired their coach. They cut their quarterback. They traded their star running back. um, And I I bet they want to get in that top – Four or five to, to draft a running back, uh, so uh, that that would be my prediction for those two teams. But there is there is going to be one or two teams left out of the game of musical chairs this year. Um, only so many quarterbacks and quarterback options to go around, and every team in the league need, needs one.
0: Uh, my triplet as we wrap it up. So for the Saints, I like this for Carr because he plays in warm weather cities better. He's got a terrible track record in the cold. To leave him playing the dome on the road when he plays Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay there. After this move is official and Derek has his press conference, what do you expect to hear in the rest of the NFC South? Because, wow, it is a barren wasteland at the quarterback. (laughs) A position here, and all those other owners are going to be looking at their GMs coming off the combine saying, what the hell are we doing? Are we moving up in the draft to get one of these young studs, or are we going to get another quarterback that could fit in here pretty quickly here? What do you expect to see here in the next 24, 48 hours?
6: Yeah, you really might have three teams that are in rebuilding mode. I think I think Carolina was a little interesting because they've got a good defense in place. They ended up winning more than they expected last year, even even when they stripped it down and traded away Christian McCaffrey and, and Cut Baker Mayfield that were winning with Steve Wilkes. Did a great job there. So I wondered if they might talk themselves in, into a car deal and, and they could become the team that would be the NFC South favorites. But instead it looks like they're going to go through the draft and make this more of a long-term thing atlanta is already in year two of a massive rebuild after they traded away matt ryan and julio jones and it looks like tampa bay is going to take the rebuilding route too uh you know unless maybe they go after a jimmy garoppolo um they said they're going to eat the whole tom brady cap hit this year and and maybe go with kyle trask or, or blaine gabbard at quarterback so it could be the Saints and three rebuilding teams. I mean, which which is probably part of the appeal. I mean, whoever got Derek Carr in the NFC South was going to be massive favorites to win the NFC South.
0: Well, that is amazing. I'm really appreciating your time here today, Mike. As you said, if it turns out that the Saints were smart to go after Carr and maybe overpay him, because I, you know, again, the, I know what I'm working with the Raiders, I knew what the market was out here, and it, again, I I got to look into the contract and see the guarantees because. There's a chance Derek doesn't get to year four with the Saints if he doesn't win, right? If he doesn't win with the guaranteed money that they come here, it's going to take two or three years. There's no guarantee he gets to year four unless he wins, and this is the year where they got to win because, as you said, there's no quarterbacks there. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Saints to have a home playoff game this year, win the division, not be a wild card, play a home playoff game in the Dome and get Carr going.
6: No, absolutely. Pressure on, obviously, Dennis Allen in his second year as the head coach, too. Um, and it's an older roster. A lot of their best players, Cameron Jordan, uh, DeMario Davis, uh, Tyron Matthew are in their 30s now. Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. is in his 20s, but running backs age quickly. I mean, this is a team that is built to win now. And, and if it doesn't work this year, um, then, then maybe they have to fall in line and be the next team to rebuild. But, but obviously they feel really good uh, as this move indicates that, that it can work this year.
0: Thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate it on short notice. Thanks for joining us.
6: Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate you, Mike. And breaking news, Ian Rappaport just reported the Raiders have officially franchise tagged running back Josh Jacobs. That's from Ian Rappaport. Reporting on NFL Network that the Raiders have officially franchise tagged Josh Jacobs. So I'll give you my opinion on that on the other side. I think you know my opinion, but I'll give it to you again. And we'll see what you think. I'm sure Q will be all over that in less than 10 minutes on the flagship.
3: And at the end of the day, you know, we'll need to make some decisions about everything. You know, that position obviously is paramount, but you know, it'd be no different in any other position. You know, but it'll it'll start with that. That's the process that we're getting ready to embark on. Um, We have not done that yet. Uh, We will, uh, and it'll take us a little time. You know, because that's it needs to be thorough and it needs to it deserves time. That's what it deserves, and so. Um, there's a lot that will go into that. And before we make any final proclamations or decisions, um, there's a lot of people that are going to need to you know, do some, some evaluating here, watch a lot of tape, have a lot of discussions that are hopefully very fruitful. And, uh, and then when we're ready to go, we'll move on.
0: All right, that's the head coach, Josh McDaniels. We'll wait for the Raiders to make it official, but Ian Rappaport... Uh, Just tweeted out that the Raiders have officially franchise tagged Josh Jacobs. Ian Rappaport said officially. So that comes from Ian Rappaport. You know my opinion on this. In my position, I don't get in front of guys' money. Uh, He'll be rewarded with a big contract on that franchise tag. I'm sure hoping to get something done long term. If it doesn't happen here, it looks like it won't. Uh, He'll be compensated at the highest level at the running back position, the average of the top five. And this will give the Raiders flexibility going forward. Some people think more flexibility when they can do a long-term deal because they can work around the numbers and the guarantees and all that. But the Raiders have a lot of the things they have to figure out, including a quarterback that could cost a ton of money if they go free agent or defensive players there too. So Q will have more on this. I'm sure Vinny Bonsignor will be tweeting about this when it comes out official from the Silver and Black. Good to be back Thanks to all of our guests today, all of our partners, everybody behind the show. Bobby, who put the show together. Appreciate you listening on the Raiders mobile app. Good to be back in town. Big shows all week. Recapping the combine, looking at particular positions, more on Josh Jacobs getting franchise tagged, and the quarterback market for the Raiders. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you back here tomorrow, noon to 2, on the flagship of the silver and black.